Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Sup the Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Bryce. And this is Mason. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have wonderful Andy with us today. Um, he has a group project that he had to attend to tonight. Um, and just out of interest of schedule and times, we dropped him for the episode this week. That's right. He'll be back next week, or at least we hope. But yeah, it's just me and Bryce today. How was your uh, week, Hazard? My week has been very well. Um, settling into classes. My first week of classes was last week. And I must say, I am a business major. I am a business marketing major. And the reason I say that is because there is a popular stereotype that I'm well aware of on the internet or social media, whatever um, a lot of our listeners might be aware of the fact that business majors stereotypically do not get much homework or assignments. And I'm here to confirm that. I'm here to confirm that 100%. I really <laughs> don't. <laughs> I literally don't get any homework. I have my first homework assignment due like tomorrow. So, um, and my girlfriend is a natural resources major. So she gets homework like every single night. So she finds it annoying when I'm not, when I'm like talking about all the quote-unquote tough work that I have to do but actually I don't have a lot to do so yeah it's been a mellow week um, but I'm not complaining about it dude that's actually kind of funny that you said that I totally thought you were gonna go the other way with it I thought you you built it up like <laughs> I was out there that you know business majors don't get a lot of homework and you're just gonna be like I've been overwhelmed first week and yeah, so you definitely threw me off guard there. <laughs> yeah, I I figured like if I'm playing this in a way where maybe I could see that going, but I'm sure any business major that does listen to this, if you are listening to this, I'd be curious um, to hear about your experience because I can't imagine it's much different based on the concept that we learn and stuff that we do. It's not something you really need to test a whole lot, I guess, more so than just pay attention to what's going on in the world around you. That's just my take on it. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I'm biochem. And, you know, most people will come up to me and be like, wow, you must be really smart. And I always tell people, like, I don't know English. Um, I, I mean, I have a good concept around, like, general economic principles and, you know, financial principles, enough to get me through my daily life. But that that's about it. And then there's, you know, any other discipline, I'm just way over my head. And um, especially uh, I've realized when it comes to math. So on the opposite end of your spectrum, Mason, is <laughs> I just spent the last two, three hours going over two classes, which are really math heavy this semester for me, <laughs> of just going through practice problems so I can understand the material. And it's... Yeah, I'm also the same boat. Just just finished my first week, and that's what I'm already doing. On on top of uh, all the other stuff I got to do outside of class. So I mean, I definitely feel I definitely feel a little bit stressed, but um, I'm only taking 12 credits this semester, so just enough to be a full time student. Right. Yeah, and I mean, you got to have an expectation going in, don't you know? Right. Like I'm gonna get not bombarded necessarily, but there is going to be a decent level of workload 
for me to do. So I don't know if that takes away from any of the anxiety or not necessarily anxiety, but the stress of having to get all the stuff done. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. Kind of to just like support the claim that it's not all just, you know, no nothingness for, you know, business majors. You guys do have to do a lot of like internship stuff and you really have to bolster your resume outside of things. I mean, it goes for every profession, but I feel like the abundance of business, you really do got to get your foot in the door somewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas like more of a scientific trade, you know, if you want to go to like graduate school and stuff for me, yeah, it's super like for me right now, I want to be in like applying to PhD program. So it's super competitive. I've received news from two places back on getting interviews for, and I mean, I've had four rejections already. So like, that's the competitive part, but like I can go find a job somewhere working in a lab because Mm -hmm. that's just kind of easy work to find and do. Um, And, you know, there's, especially post pandemic, there's such a need for like all these different um, tests, like running swabs and like running PCR and stuff. I mean, my my specific focus is the field of virology, which COVID, you know, virus um, and stuff is, it's, it's such a unknown field that's rapidly changing from day to day that there's just an endless amount of jobs on it, whether it's healthcare setting or the research setting. So, I mean, whereas in the business sector, it's like, yeah, you could get a job just about anywhere, but like, you really do have to find kind of your niche, you know? That's right. Yeah, I mean, especially post-pandemic, the what you alluded to, your degree is really going to need more people stepping up and more educated people for that matter, which is why you get the um, overabundance that you're talking about in applying for graduate programs that I'm sure you can't, you can't give it to everybody, um, but there is a real need out there for it. And what you alluded to as well with the business setting. The business setting is, there's a lot of opportunity for a lot of different trades or niches that you said. So that's why you have the administration, marketing, you have finance, um, you can go into economics and data analytics and whatnot. Um, oh, data analytics yeah. is <laughs> yeah, huge it's, field. It, yeah, it is. But all that to say, just to wrap up the point was, you have all these different fundamental um segments that you could get into but the business world i mean you track the nasdaq you track the stocks it's all about at the end of the day making a profit making a return and staying viable so that you're producing revenue for your company and keeping your employees happy of course because everybody needs jobs for that matter but when you go into a field like what you're going into although of course you need to make a living and nobody's saying you don't the approach seems to be a little different where yeah human lives versus simply supporting a business or um, earning a revenue stream is weighed out that way. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, we, it's a topic that can be dive into another day, but Uh uh, (laughs) maybe, maybe we'll save it for a rainy day or something. Maybe. Um, Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you have all this free time. So what have you been doing with it? What have I been doing with this free time? Um, well, I am a 
Christian, so I have been reading a lot of the Word of God, the Bible, um, and studying in that way. Um, actually, this weekend I was on, we had a mini conference within our campus um, for leaders within our organization on campus, and I had to write and give a 30-minute talk. So I spent a lot of time actually doing that, studying, preparing for it, um, which I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. So that took up a lot of my free time this week. Um, Usually it's spent reading like that. Otherwise, just spending time with friends. Um, Occasionally you'll get the time where you just sit down and watch some Netflix or YouTube. Didn't really do that this week. So that is what I was up to amid my lack of schoolwork. Dude, that's, that's great. I mean, yeah. Also coming to Christianity just this past year was, you know, a big change for me. Um, but like, that's super cool that you dedicated a lot of time this week to it. Um, you know, the, the Lord will definitely reward you <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> in the afterlife. Also kind of bouncing off of that. Um, I think there's like a cool little thing you subtly put out there is like, you were just helping people, like helping other people kind of connect and stuff. Cause you, you gave a talk and you're a leader of your organization and like, I think that kind of gets overshadowed sometimes when we think about religion is the kind of like that societal um, primary thought is just like people forget that the objective is bring everybody closer to God, obviously, but like also bring each other to each other. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's super valuable because whether you're in a hospital or, you know, if you're just home alone or, maybe you're like super outgoing. It's good for everybody to get a little human, human interaction. Yeah, for sure. And that's actually ironic that you were going down that path. Um, I don't, I'm not going to dive into the whole talk, but just like the very simple basic was uh, I was talking about first Thessalonians chapter two, which is a letter written by the apostle Paul. And in that letter, he speaks about not only sharing the gospel with the people in the church of Thessalonica, but he was also sharing his own life. What that means is like loving and caring and serving and working with the people in the church. Cause it's one thing just to preach the gospel and preach the truth to them. It's another thing to like show your life and like be willing to sacrifice your time and your interests to care for them so that they'd be more willing to receive the gospel. And I also mentioned a quote from president Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, Um, when he said that people don't care about what you know until they know about the the fact that you care for them, Um, which, yeah, Christianity is a, it really is a religion where not only are we reconciled to God, but we're also reconciled to each other because of the gospel that saves us from sin. So obviously you can get into a lot more deep theological topic of conversation with that, but just at a basic level, you're, you're definitely on the right point there. Yeah, that's that's super cool, um, and I kind of want to make a like a little cheesy segue into the, <laughs> the next segment of our uh, podcast, which is um, the sub word of the week. Mm-hmm. So this this is uh, this is a little weird weird way of putting it, but like uh, we think of God as being existential or just greater than humanity itself, right? Of um, course. But you know what else is existential? Um, it's blanking me for a moment. 
So this is actually tied into what happened this week. Um, so our friend Kyle um, made a trip. Coolest uh, cities ever. Um, it it is um, in the its home state is in Alabama. Um, oh and no! The sub word of the week this <laughs> week. Actually, it's another phrase, but it's the. I'm going to butcher this, but it's the Crichton Leprechaun News Report. I think that's right. Yeah, I think you pronounced it right. Yeah, I think I said that right. But um, for those of you that don't know what this is, it's a crazy, crazy meme um, of a video that was published by Alabama's WPMI-TV News Report uh, back in 2006. Um, And it's kind of funny because Kyle... Uh, had talked to us and told us about the fact that he was passing through the city. Um, and it just kind of, I was just like, okay, this has to be our sub word of the week now because this is in the sub dictionary. And so what Hazard had wrote, um, just kind of give a little bit of a description of this video. One of the greatest collections of memes and popular phrases in the modern world has ever seen. Phrases and actions by various people in the video are often mocked or imitated for the ridiculous beliefs and viewpoints used in modern vocab as a popular topic of humorous conversation to make one another laugh. So what it's kind of referring to is this video. I think it's like, what, three minutes long? Not even. Yeah, it's about two to three minutes. And, And it's just a bunch of people that swear they seen a leprechaun. Yeah, it's it's really hard to like set up the, like the background of it, but essentially, yeah, what you're what you're saying is it's a group of people um, that swear that there's a leprechaun that is running around their neighborhood. Um, it's like a craze uh, similar to that of like a Bigfoot, maybe, um, where it's like we swear we've seen it and we're all looking for it but there's different theories as to how this quote unquote leprechaun comes about. And there's the idea that if you shine a light in its direction, it disappears naturally because nobody's seen it. Um, And so you got the interviewers interviewing all these people within the city, um, the little community that they're in about their different opinions on what's happening and what their motives for finding leprechaun are. And it's actually, it's pretty hilarious because of some of the responses they have. Um, but the best, best, best part of it is the the drawing, um, which I don't know if yeah. you want to go into further detail, Bryce. Yeah, but... though, the, um, this is kind of those moments where I wish we had a video segment yes. of our podcast, but yeah. we, we, I, I, I'll just have to describe it the best as I can. I highly encourage anybody listening to it to just Google the Crichton Leprechaun, um, and you'll see those classic 2000s news uh panels show up what you kind of see if somebody is like reported like just went to jail or something you see the mugshot um and up on the top part it says uh amateur sketch and then underneath it is a sketch drawn by um one of the locals of what appears to be a leprechaun which is just a normal face with a a little hat on it like looks so stereotypical of a leprechaun like it looks like it's fake drawn but like if we if we gave anybody listening to this right now if we gave you two minutes to draw the best leprechaun you could possibly draw 
I guarantee you it would look more realistic than what this is. It literally looks like a cowboy with, it's like a cowboy hat on top of just a, a circle with two black dots in the middle for eyes. That's literally all it is. But this is the best amateur sketch of the, the, the most descriptive somebody could possibly get about the leprechaun's identity, which only adds to the like irony of how ridiculous of a new story it is in the first place. So, yeah, no, it's, it's super funny. Cause um, like even in, and then, there's this sketch and then there's this dude that comes in with a flute and like yep. <laughs> says that he can like i forgot what it was is like call the leprechaun or something with this flute yeah this and flute wards off spells yeah it's passed down from thousands of years ago from my great-great-grandfather who was irish i just came to help out <laughs> it's an all-time quote it's so crazy um yeah, and you get, and I mean, there's other things that were said, and you know, I can't say them for the sake of this podcast, but like, mm-hmm. you, I definitely recommend anybody listening to this just to take some time. If you want a quick laugh, just look it up, Creighton, um, uh, Leprechaun news story or something of that sort. Uh, it's just, it's just the funniest thing. I sent you this, I think, last night, but did you end up watching the Mister? Mr. Beast's newest video. I did check it out. Um, I saw it got 53 million views in four days, which is just astronomical. But I guess that's what you expect from Mr. Beast these yeah, days. I mean, so do do you normally watch Mr. Beast at all? Like, have you ever? I have seen some of his videos, but very very small. I I cannot say I am a I'm a what do you call it a frequent watcher, but very random occasions i have seen some videos yes but i'm definitely aware of who he is yeah so um for those of you that are probably in the minority at this point on not knowing who mr beast is um mr beast is a youtuber um with 112 million subscribers as of like november i think um and he's probably the most laid-back casual I I want to say he's a, almost a billionaire. He has to be almost a billionaire. Like with all of his different things with anyways, he's got Mr. Beast Burger, he has his own burger thing, he has his own um chocolate brand. Um you know, this almost is turning into a Mr. Beast ad, but anyways, <laughs> this guy spends like insane amount of money to just do the craziest things. Like he bought his friends a private island, but they had to fight for it. Um some of the like more recent videos is like he'll lock, I don't know, 50 adults versus 50 children in a room and see who leaves first. And then they, they split the pot of money with the people that are left, um, in the respective, uh, on the respective winning team side. Um, he re recreated squid game when that was popular, like in real life, which was really cool. Um, made, uh, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, um, super like cool and abstract ideas. Um, and so he just recently released a video that was actually a little bit different than normally. Um, he's done a few things that kind of really helped the population in general. Um, he had a video kind of series last year about, 
um, donating money to clean up the ocean um, and just like huge fundraiser for cleaning up, you know, just ocean waste. But he just released a video a few days ago um, about curing the curable, like curing curable blindness for a thousand people. And this is just like a really different type of video for Mr. Beast. Um, usually you would see this on one of his other channels, like Mr. Beast, uh, philanthropy or something. Uh, but he put it on his main channel and I thought this was really cool and something like worth talking about. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm not really familiar with a lot of his content, but when I, when I think about his content, it's kind of the stuff that you talk about that you just mentioned a minute ago with all the challenges and kind of crazy schemes, um, for big money and, and all the sorts of that. But seeing something like this is to the average, because I, I would pretty much call myself the, the average person that like knows of him, but not, not like too familiar. So seeing something like this kind of is a potential perception changer of like the kind of content he creates. Um, obviously, like we're going to be talking about a little bit about this topic, but it obviously is something that is worth talking about. So, yeah, I, I just think it's the coolest thing is you see all of these big celebrities you know football players um big business owners and stuff and such as like bill and melinda gates like they have these big organizations where they you know give money to their their own philanthropy or um like charities and stuff but you never like have an interaction from a celebrity where they go and individually meet every individual or almost every individual that they actually support directly by supporting them directly with their procedure. And so in this video, he he's there with the primary care doctors that go to cure this, um, this blindness and is with the patients and then occasionally he's giving them out cars and stuff on top of the surgery that allows them to be able to see again. And I just thought that it was like, there's a part of me that just kind of like felt grounded and felt like humanity is like beautiful. I don't know. It just like, it made me remember like kind of tying back into what we were talking about earlier, just kind of like God's presence in other people. It was I don't know. I was, I got down to, down to the very end of the video, and I was just about to cry. And I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this watching a Mr. Beast video. <laughs> yeah, it's really humbling to to consider. Like you think about some of the struggles that we have in our own life and what we deal with, um, but really sometimes it makes you think about how grateful you are for the little things in life. That the fact that we are able to you know, see clearly or able to walk upright that a lot of people don't have that opportunity to um, for various reasons. But to see something like this, um, on the other hand, with yeah, like a well-known celebrity with a lot of his money and whether it's his own money, I'm sure it's a little bit of that, or maybe it's like some companies that help support him that have also helped in uh, the effort of making this video and doing these things. But just to see that collective motive to better other people's lives without a direct um, desire for profit on our own end or benefit on our own end, our own end is really rewarding to see the fact that 
loving other people in a way that you would want them to love you if you they were in that opportunity as well. So it was very, it was very heartwarming the way that you described it. Yeah, I, I could go on and on about how heartwarming it is and how wonderful like the moment was, but I just kind of sat and th- was just kind of sat and thinking like, even in the, you brought up like how he gets paid for it and like, yeah, he, his company gets cut a check by a bunch of sponsors and stuff, but the sponsors are also like in on it. And it's like, what can you do as an individual to get big companies to do that? Like granted, you know, Mr. Beast has a 112 million follower (laughs) base. So he's a pretty prominent figure in at least the YouTube community. Um, And I think at 112 million people, I think that's, that's probably about a third of the United States, maybe a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Like that's a good chunk of people. Granted, he was able to get companies like that to do something really powerful. And you, you do see a lot of companies like um, Nike and Adidas and all a bunch of other companies just do things to help other things, but they never really have like a, a leading figure. And I think that really just kind of makes this embodiment so much more powerful i don't know right so we had a question come in from none other than sam and sam was the one we paid reference to sup uh where did the phrase of the week last week um with talking about the snapchat stories and noah's poster um and sam wanted us to answer this question. Um, But before I dive into that question, I need to set up kind of the background to the question. So what happened last night or yesterday, Mason? Uh, What realm are we talking about? Because my mind went to football. Exactly. That's what happened last night. There's nothing else that happened last night. I mean, yesterday was the Sabbath day. We went to church, but football happened last night as well. So... We have Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl. That's right. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it's not the prediction I or the not the matchup that I predicted. I did believe the Eagles were going to win, and granted, it was a kind of a bad game, bad way they would have won. I believe they would have won at full strength anyway, but I guess we'll never know for sure. Thought the Bengals were going to win. Um, I think it just shows how great Mahomes is, but nonetheless, I am excited for this matchup. I am looking forward to it and it's going to be a great game because I, I definitely have a pick on who's going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if the other team won all that to say. It was kind of vague, I guess you would say, but that's, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, yesterday I, I put that bet in to you for <laughs> San Francisco that's, winning. That's right. Yep. The last time I'll ever bet on football games yeah. against other people. We had a massive $2 bet on the line. And, uh, um, ours is five dollars, oh, dude. Oh man, that's right, you, five bucks. Yeah, man, your other your other one was two dollars, though. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and you lost that, so essentially, you've you won three dollars. Yep. Well, at least off of the interaction in sub. Right, right. Um, I didn't see the Chiefs winning, which is kind of a sad way for the Bengals to go out. But anyways, getting back to uh, Sam's question. Um, so Sam asked us the question and it pertains to the football topic. Um, and he said, how do we feel about Jalen hurts? So last week we talked about 
um philip or not philip holy crap oh uh, no <laughs> justin herbert uh we talked about patrick mahomes we talked about joe burrow and we talked about josh allen um and sam was like guys you have a big elephant in the room essentially mm -hmm. like how do we feel about jalen hurts um and I, I figured i'd let you start off with this um yeah so i mentioned last week that i am i'm kind of a sports nerd i mean i'm not obsessed with it it's definitely not my life but I do like to make rankings. That's my big thing. I love making subjective rankings and comparing them. So I did make a list of the top 32 quarterbacks in this league. And I did that within the past month. And Jalen Hurts, when I made the list about three, four weeks ago-ish, was number nine on the list. Um, I want to mention, I won't go into depth on every single player, but directly ahead of him at number eight is Lamar Jackson. I think he's ascended past Lamar. Granted, I want I want to make the clarification that Jalen Hurts is special. We also have to acknowledge that he has the best offensive line in the league. I don't think it's even close. Um, and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are is a top five wide receiver to tandem in the league. So he's got great weapons. That doesn't mean he can't be a great quarterback because uh, we see how Tua looked this year. And I wouldn't consider him a great quarterback. But nonetheless, I think he's definitely better than Lamar. Just all-around game, playoff impact. But then the next two guys on the list are Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And I got to tell you, history wants me to say that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, based on what they've done in their career individually, and especially Brady collectively with the, the team success that he's had that Rodgers hasn't always had, history wants to say that the two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, two of what I would say is the top five quarterbacks of all time are still going to be ahead of a guy like Jalen Hurts. But I got to tell you, I, the reasons for putting Jalen Hurts behind Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers at this moment in time, I believe are non-existent. I don't, I don't see how you can make the argument that both of them are better than Jalen Hurts is right now. And I don't want to hear about the, the weapons and the O-line argument that I just laid out for Jalen Hurts a minute ago when Tom Brady's got uh, the weapons that he has and the offensive line that he has. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it's a little bit tougher to make for Aaron Rodgers with the weapons in the offensive line. I mean, it, you, I guess you could say it's more compatible or comparable with Jalen Hurts than it is with Tom Brady. But what we've seen from Jalen Hurts and what we've seen from Rodgers this year, it's tough. You could probably go either way, but I'm going to put Hurts right now slightly above them. But that still puts Hurts outside the top five. I don't think Jalen Hurts is better than Trevor Lawrence. But I'll let you get your thoughts in first. Yeah, no, for me, um, quite honestly, I heard Eagles this year. Um, and all I thought was they're just going to be a dog, <laughs> a dumpster fire team. Really? Um, and so I literally took zero time to f figure out what was going on. I saw that A.J. Brown had gone to the Eagles. I was like, okay, now they have an absolute unit for a wide receiver. Mm. No doubt about it. Titans lost him. Titans didn't make it to the playoffs. I think there's a big correlation there um, because they still have Derrick Henry, right? Yep. That's not how their offense so, runs anyway. So. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but they had A.J. Brown when they needed him. Yes. And absolute animal, absolute element. Um, and so, I, I mean, I just thought of the Eagles organization kind of just ruled them out after not the greatest couple past seasons. 
Super Bowl Sunday, I will have not watched a single Eagles game this year. Wow. Um, wow. And so my opinion of Jalen Hurts sits at the fact that I believe he was drafted second round. Correct. The same year as Joe Burrow. That's also correct. And yeah, that's it. So Joe Burrow's made it what twice, three times? No, twice to the AFC Championship game, once to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, he had his injury, right? Yeah, I think he's still banged up. So he wasn't. I don't remember what his playing playing situation was like last year, but I can't put him anywhere near Bur- Burrow. Um, honestly slight bias i can't put him anywhere near herbert right now um Mm -hmm. just because herbert from a personal fan perspective seeing the way the chargers dynamically played after he started just became so much more fluid and so much better like him being on the team made that team better yes um and just just watching it as a fan um and you could say the same thing about trevor lawrence because um, for the longest time, the, what who they had, Minshew, Bortles. <laughs> yeah, I can't you think you of can make else. a case for Minshew, but like they had weapons. Their 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 wide receivers weren't horrible. They had DJ Chark for a while. They mm-hmm. had in their backfield um, James Robinson. Um, James Rob. Oh yeah, James Robinson was out there too. Like they had weapons, and I can't name them off the top of my head because I'm just. Because nobody cares about Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares about the Jags. Um, but, like, he also, also revolutionized that team and made them actually a contender. And that's what you saw out of Burrow with the Bengals. And, honestly, I'll even say it here, you saw that, too, with Baker and the Browns. Oh, so, no. um, oh, no. It's a hot take, but, yeah, I mean, granted, they have two of the best they had two of the best running backs in the league and a pretty good receiving unit too but yeah <laughs> um it still needs a quarterback to be able to channel them and you know make right. them a contender um right and so yeah i mean that's that's my take on, <laughs> on jalen hurts so i guess the most simple way i'd put it is if you do letter grades i put mahomes and burrow are the a pluses uh, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Trevor Lawrence, to me, are the A's. And I think Jalen Hurts is the best A- minus or below quarterback in the league right now. And he has a chance to be an A. He might already be an A. I don't know. But if he wins the Super Bowl, I think he's definitely an A. Yeah, I'd have to watch an actual game of him playing to make like a, a solid opinion on him because... Yeah it really does take watching the, the players um, to make a really good opinion because st- stats don't really mean everything right. when it comes to completion um, because there's a lot of times where, you know, it's on the receiver, it's on they're really good throws. It's just the defense played better. You know, there's so many things that are like, yeah, there's just so many different factors. And I definitely agree with you, Mason, that I would put them, if we did the A plus A, A minus tier, um, I'd definitely put them A minus borderline A. It's kind of like the 93.99, 94 <laughs> A kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Just based off of record, 
um, and how that organization kind of went from really good to kind of didn't hear about them to now we're talking about them again. And so, yeah. Yeah, to be fair, the very, very, very last point I'm going to make here is that on that same list where I had Jalen Hurts at nine, and now he's ascended to probably six or at very least seven. Immediately behind Jalen Hurts at number 10 was Dak Prescott. And at this point, Jalen has well ascended over Dak Prescott, especially after the way the Cowboys went out. He's a good quarterback, but Dak will never be elite, never has been elite. Jalen Hurts, I think you can at least make the argument that he's elite. There's so, a... There's two people in the league that I will never back any analyst side when it comes to quarterback rating or like quarterback skill, that is. And that is Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson because they both lack the ability to play football, whether it's civilly or injury wise. Um, Mm. And it's. It's. I mean, it, it's literally right. It's literally all up there. They, I. I swear, I hear more talked about them by NFL analysts going into the season than any other quarterback. And it's like, guys, they're either going to get injured or Deshaun Watson's going to add suspension time or make the locker room atmosphere worse. Like that doesn't make a good quarterback. Um, right. So, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, like, I think Deshaun Watson can play football. Like in his prime, he was top five six seven for sure when he was like with the texans in their playoff run but because of his off-field issues which we all know i mean i don't think he's that great of a quarterback as as much as he used to be but because of those off-field issues i wouldn't want him even if even despite the talent he does have you know mason did you know there's a new way we could write a story did you know there's a new way we can solve homework problems without actually having to think about them this sounds like an advertisement. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not actually trying to pitch an advertisement here, but um, no. there's a new AI software out there, which AI starts stands for artificial intelligence. Um, and you can go online. It's called ChatGPT. And what it essentially does is it gives you a human-based response to anything you tell it to do. So, for example, let me pull it up real quick. And actually, I got to be able to see if I can actually access this or open it. Um, and a lot of these AI, yeah, no, it's it's crashed. So, or at least my yeah, my computer's not letting me open it. But it's one of the craziest things out there um, that we've had. We we've probably had this technology for a while now, but um, we can now allow the mind of a computer dictate what I would say are a little bit more human-based things and kind of giving a run for humanity's money. Um, So ChatGPT can cover the sector of writing a story for you, um, solving mathematical equations that are like word-based problems. Um, Mm. It can, what else can it do? Give you pickup lines for a date if you asked it for it. Um, And then... (laughs) It's sort of brother generates any sort of image that you think you could possibly like you you could just type in a random abstract thing like a picture of a, a goat with a chicken head 
eating KFC in like a bar and it's it will generate a photo like that but it's kind of drawn that doesn't look photoshopped and it looks like somebody actually like drew that picture huh it's insanely crazy what ai has gotten to and if you like just type in chat gpt into search one of the biggest news headlines is the fact that universities are kind of flagging this and i've seen a bunch of headlines be like what is plagiarism now because this is developing these ideas from a database but it's still original content that's a good point yeah i've always been fascinated with ai and its development you got the different like wavelengths of people that are really into it some are very big proponents of it and of course you got some that are pretty anti-ai i think probably the main proponents for ai would be the fact that it, it's going to help us um gather more information on a quicker basis it's going to lead to better you know not only like better technological advances but also like in the healthcare system it'll be able to diagnose and treat people effectively in that regard um, keep people safe kind of tying back to what we've already talked about in a couple segments earlier at the same time you got people that are anti-ai for the sake of they don't want their information out there and i mean i respect that to a level as well you know um but then you got the people that might be a little too overboard saying that ai is going to take over the world if we allow it to get too smart but i don't think i don't think a thought process uh, is really thought out when people come to that conclusion based on how it's operated and the ability that we have over ai so just finding yourself in those different wavelengths when a product like this comes out it seems like this product isn't really like i don't know the way that you described it doesn't seem like it's changing anything in terms of like a humanistic level it's more just like the creative artistic approach to what AI can offer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, this is kind of more of a human-based, like, it's starting to tackle human-based things that we, at a technological advancement, couldn't get to before, um, because, like, you know, technology has been able to, you know, punch numbers for us and, like, build things for us, but it hasn't been able to do the arts as well. Um, mm. Like it can take pictures and stuff, but it can't generate images by itself. Uh, we do see some of these integrated technologies in like my discipline where we can generate protein structures and models and stuff, which is kind of everything's infinitesimally small compared to what we can see, right? And so we can't actually draw something like that by hand, but a computer can model it. But that's a series of mathematical computations that get it to that point now we have something that's not really getting to i i don't know how these things work in the background but it's no longer just numbers it's something that's you have to add that human element you know what i mean mm -hmm. like yeah um and so i think it's crazy and to the people out there that watched age of ultron um and thought man this is where ai is going I'm not going to lie. I might be there with you. Um, <laughs> we have, uh, I don't know. I just saw a meme article by Barstool the other day about some dude that created a 
artificial intelligence that already recognizes the demise of humanity or wants the demise of humanity. And I'm like, what the heck? There's so many people out there that already want a demise of humanity. Like, come (laughs) get me. Come get me if you really want to. You know what I mean? But Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I take it with a grain of salt. I only say that. You know, I fancy the idea just to, like, add some feel to that fire because it's funny listening to people think about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. That is, I think it's going to be a topic that we're going to be talking about and thinking about the rest of our lives for sure. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good ethical and philosophical things behind it. And right. That's a story for a different day. Right. So. All right. Thanks, everybody, uh, for coming and joining us again for another week. Um, we I just recently found out our demographic had shifted from 66% female to, I think it was like three-fourths male. So um, hopefully this brings a little bit more uh, fruit to the the interest of the females to get our demographic back at a, you know, not back at it, but a closer to equilibrium 50-50. Um, and... If you guys have any like suggestions at all on what we should talk about, um, as you guys heard today, Sam dropped us a question um, and we answered it. I mean, it was sports related, but uh, we'd love to hear uh, questions from you guys. It gives us great content to talk about and we're all pretty open-minded and uh, have a lot to say about things. So, Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say and echo the same thing. Like if you guys got any questions, obviously we're a podcast within a, group of couple friends three friends and we're delivering it to people that obviously we strive to make good content but on top of that we want content that is going to be worthwhile to listen to and we want content that you guys are going to want to listen to obviously so with that in mind like it's a great question by sam and looking forward to seeing and hearing how you guys are enjoying or what you think about the podcast going forward but yeah it's been great to have have it going for three weeks now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how fast time flies. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, everybody. Well, I guess good night for us. Uh, mm-hmm. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you back again next week. It's Ben Bryce. Yep, Ben Mason. See ya. <laughs>